On this episode of Resi Week, Matter is the new home standard, Apple opens up HomeKit, and 83% of workers prefer hybrid. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 280, Matter Matters. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Draper. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by some of my best friends. First, we have Mr. Mitchell Klein. He is the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. How are you, sir? Doing great and uh, happy post-COVID, we hope. Yeah, sort of. We 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 just sort came of. out of our third lockdown a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting on the fourth. Third time's a trip. Yeah, well, now we'll, we'll go for four. <laughs> then we have Marius Malowetsky. He is a customer service and integration at Building 36 and or Alarm.com. How are you doing, Marius? Very good, Matt. Thanks for having me. And Mitch, I know you were shaking your head. Close enough. Close enough. It's That's really close. close. Okay. I, we can I go with that. I tried. <laughs> then we have Jamie Breesmeister. She is the CEO slash boss lady at Integration Controls. How are you, Jamie? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for being here. And last but certainly not least, coming to us directly from a hiking trail, Ian Bryant. He is the VP of Technology, Application, and Workforce at Cedia. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I think we're a little bit outdated on the title, but that's all right. I'm, Do you change your titles here. again? Send, uh-huh. send it over to me. We'll update it. <laughs> it's another one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from make use of.com everything you need to know about matter the new smart home standard what matter is is it is a partnership between uh chip uh which again is a partnership of amazon apple google samsung and the connectivity standards alliance which you used to know as zigbee uh, it, it is a huge collaboration of products coming together and technologies coming together as a unified standard so that most of those products will finally work together. Uh, Mr. Mitchell Klein, it is fantastic that you are here because you are my go-to uh, person for everything uh, in this world of alliances. I'll take all the flack you can toss my way. I haven't yes. started the flack yet. I, well, yes, I did. It's I started coming. with Ian. <laughs> When you when you're following matter, uh, obviously the the one standard that kind of wasn't involved in that that we hear of is Z-Wave. But what what does yeah. it mean to see all of the other standards kind of come together and talk about having connectivity and, and interoperability between obviously themselves, but everything else that's out there, including uh, we're assuming Z-Wave. Yeah. Well, first of all, I could get into details and things in the everything you need to know that were actually incorrect, but I won't go there because that'll take another half an hour. Um, but just to fully understand it, that project uh, connected home over IP mm-hmm. is a subset. You're a, you're a member of the Zigbee Alliance, and then you kind of join up with the working group uh, that was developing it. And I think it's really important to understand that the intent is for complete interoperability to make things just work mm-hmm. together. And when you say that, 
you also must understand that there's millions and hundreds of millions of devices out in the marketplaces all around the world that will not be turned off because in order for the promise of matter to be realized, all those hundreds of millions of devices must also work within that same uh, matter platform. And it will. But what we also have to recognize is it's going to start off small with a few mm -hmm. things and continue to grow from, from that point on. So from a Z-Wave perspective, we're thrilled because we've been saying this for 20 yeah. years. Things must interoperate. Uh, things must be backwards compatible. Things must be secure. And again, I can go on and on, and I'd actually let like uh, maybe perhaps my associate here, Mariush, can really speak to a number of those uh, promises that Z-Wave makes that we expect will be fulfilled through the Matter Group as well. well that's a really good question, Marius. When you, when you see this from the Alarm.com standpoint, that's a huge consumer-facing brand, right? When people buy into ADC, they're assuming that all of their smart products are just going to work on that platform. And the majority of them do, but obviously there's, there's always an outlier that doesn't. What does matter mean to, to, to you guys from the ADC side and to Mitch's point uh, from the Z-Wave side? So again, we welcome interoperability. I think that's spot on where the industry needs to go. Right. And again, to Mitch's point, we've been there for 20 or so years. And when you look at the market that you enter as a, let's say, security dealer, they come into the house. The, the last thing they want to say is, oh, by the way, for our system to work, you have to replace your door lock, thermostat, garage door opener. That's not what we do. We would rather focus on getting all those devices work together. So again, interoperable standards are very welcome. In, uh, in, in our business, right? That allows us to deploy the system much easier and not worry about one-offs. Yeah, very good. Jamie, it, my con concern every time I see a new standard is we usually have just got our, our customer base to sort of understand even just the terminology <laughs> that we're talking about. The second that, right. you know, GAFA starts talking about chip, it's another thing that is, you know, again, part of matter, et cetera. But it, it, it's another phrase. It's another term. It, it, is there anything we can do as integrators to really help our, our clients understand that? Or is it something that we kind of just need to, again, take the approach of, yeah, we're just going to make everything work? I think our approach should be that we're the filter through which information flows to our clients. And we need to know what's happening. We need to know the trajectory of their, their system that we're putting in their house and as much as possible have our eye to the future. Um, but I don't know if we need to talk about every technology possibility between the standards and what have you because it'll change you know, a week later or a month later or by the time they actually move in. Um, so I, I think that we need to be aware of this, certainly, and talk amongst ourselves and learn in our industry and let our clients know there's changes on, on the horizon, similar to um, you know the analog sunset when everything went digital and we went from component to HDMI, there was a transition there and we knew in our industry that that was happening before a lot of consumers. Yeah. So we could, we could hold them back by continuing one type of old infrastructure or we could move them forward in a digital way. Um, so I think that's our approach 
really. I'm excited to see this. Mitch, I've known you've been talking about interoperability um, since you asked me to volunteer for Cedia, you know, over almost a decade ago. So um, I think this is fantastic, really. Yeah, just let me point out one other thing, Matt, um, which wasn't mentioned in the article, that, uh, again, to geek out just a little bit, Matter is only an application layer, and it's going to require network and transports and FIs and all those other aspects. And so for the time being, the, the group has landed upon Thread, which is basically nothing more than a network standard, mm -hmm. and Wi-Fi, which we all know is a network standard. And those two do not interoperate. Yeah. And so in order for those to for that promising, and this is just the beginning mm -hmm. of it, they actually have to have this thing that I guess they're calling a border router. We can call it a gateway. You can call it a hub. Essentially, they're all one and the same. And the purpose is at this point is to make sure that thread devices work with Wi-Fi devices. Yeah. And you can easily move on from that and say, okay, and Zigbee devices and Z-Wave devices and Bluetooth. So you can see where that's going to go. And that's where the promise is. Ian, let, let's let's wrap this before we move on. My concern every time I see uh, partnerships and, and alliances and everything else, especially with the big four brands, is that at some point they might get bored and move on. Is that a concern or is this a big enough entity that we will be less concerned with that? Uh, I think, you know, what the work that Mitch has been doing for so long on, on interoperability, this whole conversation we're having, the fact that we've got Apple, Google, Amazon, and those people, a part of this program is showing you that, that, that there is some serious movement behind this and support that will continue to, to go on for a long time. I don't personally don't see from a, from being in control systems and, and, um, and integrating homes and, and trying to get platforms to communicate together. I see this as a very big positive. Um, I wanted to touch on one thing. I know I've heard some concerns of people thinking that this is going to take business or work away from integrators. And in fact, I think it's the exact opposite, um, that it's going to help the, the platforms um, be more connected and allow for more opportunities. Um, and it may be that there's less custom coding on the back end, but means there's more ability to integrate subsystems and there's more design opportunities available. So I think this is a, a very good opportunity for the industry as a whole. Add to that, Ian, the fact that customers will have good experiences. Yep. And I think that's really important too. Mitch, let me, let me just ask you this before we move on. What can manufacturers do to bring their, their existing customers who have, you know, Z-Wave and, and a variety of devices into this platform? Well, I mean, I can put on my Silicon Labs hat and say that what we're looking at here really are building blocks. Mm -hmm. And so essentially there'll be a block that will say, okay, Z-Wave, here's how you're going to connect to Matter. Matter, here's how you're going to connect to Z-Wave. So if you're manufacturing Z-Wave products right now, keep on going because you've got the best platform that exists with the best ecosystems out there. And yeah, you will be able to work with Matter devices as well. Just a matter of time. Okay, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Apple has revealed an evolutionary changes to HomeKit and more at their WWDC Worldwide Developers Conference. The big one being that Surrey commands are coming to third-party devices 
along with uh, working within kind of the uh, CSA's match program, which again is working through that thread language. Um, Marius, let me let me start with you on this one. When we see Apple finally, like they've worked with other manufacturers, they've worked with other standards, but this is a continued aggressive push for Apple to work with other standards. Is this something that we see them continuing to play with, or is this kind of a, a, a one-off dip their toes in? No, I think Apple is a very interesting company, right? When you look at it, they're, they're usually not the first one to, to do something. But, uh, you know, if you look at my house, most of the stuff is Apple. I do have a couple Echoes as well, right? But when they decide to enter, they enter with, uh, you know, their own twists. So I think that opening it up is absolutely what's needed for them to be more successful. And also, you know, Amazon is a big player in the a, in a voice industry, right? So... Mm-hmm. By, by adding that layer of uh, products from many different manufacturers, right? Um, they, they're building up their ecosystem. And, uh, you know, soon after they'll open that to Matter, they'll open up to, to other devices as well. So I think it's about time. Jamie, when you're following what Apple's been doing with this, the kind of one of the biggest takeaways that I've had with it is not so much the technology that they're implementing, although that's very very cool and very uh, groundbreaking for them. It's the power that they have from a marketing engine. They can take something that we've preached for years and make it a commonplace ask from our customer base. Is that something that we as an industry should try and leverage more? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, When the iPod, iPhone, right, when it first came out, and integrators freaked out because they couldn't sell touch panels anymore at you know fifteen thousand dollars a pop. Well, find another way. The, the, obviously, they've not gone away. I think that Apple has made a pretty good um, uh, staked a pretty good flag in this market, and they have a device that does so much already. We can only really expect it to continue to do more. It true. It's a computer that also mm-hmm. makes phone calls. So I mean, sure. let's, <laughs> you know, and, and at least a smartphone, and then you know, extending that into the in the television world. Um, the part in this article I thought was really wild was the SharePlay video mm-hmm. conferencing concept with FaceTime, kind of, you know, changing it and and being able to have a FaceTime call from a non Apple device and. Um, that share play concept is interesting. I did, I had a client who had a, a somewhat elaborate control system set up so they could have a variety of these screens happening when their children were FaceTiming and gaming continuously. And now it's like, you can do that and watch at the same time. It's, it's such an interesting way to interact mm-hmm. as people. And last year proved that we can do this more often. So I, I'm going to continue to see advances like this for sure. Ian, let me let me come over to you with that. I find this a interesting push for a multitude of reasons, but specifically Teams and Zoom have have owned the commercial space for the last five years. Right. And obviously the pandemic brought that sure, yeah. to the forefront. But they you know, Zoom was edging out the established industry for a long time. Apple with FaceTime has been 
phenomenal, but not really seen in a business sense. This is a huge play for Apple going after that SMB and that work from home market. Do they have the, and I'm a big believer in Apple's power, but do they have the power to become a viable player against Zoom or Teams? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, one one of the things that I found so interesting about um, the WWDC conference was it, the you know an hour and a half of just nothing but software adva- uh, announcements. I mean, it's definitely a uh, an eye opener when um, they don't release a single piece of hardware and some of their um, software uh, advancements are, are are considered groundbreaking. I know there was some uh, concern over some of the things they took from from other developers. Uh, uh, there was a, I've read some articles of people uh, a little upset that some of the ideas were already apps that had been utilized from third party people that they've kind of imp- implemented themselves, but. What it, what I'm seeing is Apple making a conscious decision, similar to um, other platforms, to 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 broaden their software uh, availability. And as far as the video conferencing is concerned, um, I think they're starting off small with the you know we've had they've had FaceTime for a while. Now they're embracing some of the the SMB, and we're talking really 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 small that don't have security protocols, um, networking teams mm-hmm. where you can get away with these kind of uh, things, but I wouldn't be surprised soon and soon that they start releasing a very uh, robust uh, video or like yeah conferencing at either software or software and hardware um, for the larger businesses as they're trying to get more into um, the commercial space. Uh, it's it, I think they realized that just putting out a a new iphone every year or every you know nine months or however long it is is not the the future and the future is diversifying and getting more into the software side of it and you know one thing i would add if i could matt it's you know going back to interoperability right and you know taking an example of my son who is 13 years old plays minecraft right at the same time has his phone open and he's talking to his friends over FaceTime, right? <laughs> what happens if you have Android phone, right? So I think there's a big market push for interoperability. It's been there for years, but it's becoming more and more, right? And I think Apple is recognizing it, and you know, slowly that trickles to other things as well. Mitch, that, that's, that's a real key point, is Apple has in the last you know, two years really pushed interoperability. Whereas in the past, they were a really strong walled garden. What does it mean to the the industry as a whole to see players like Apple? And then obviously, you know, back to our, our previous conversation about matter. These are a lot of industries and companies that were happy to play in their own their own space. And you're now seeing them broaden beyond that. Yeah, this is a, this is a prove it to me moment. Um, yeah, I know they're all playing nice according to the press releases and so on. Uh, are they really playing that nice in the meetings? And even more importantly, you know, Amazon has uh, already launched Sidewalk. Yep. Um, how will Sidewalk play into that? Apple's still committed to HomeKit. So there's still a lot of uh, potential divisive technologies out there that play to those walled gardens. And so the real question is going to be, with the promise of matter, and it's an amazing promise, and Mariusz and I are both going, this is awesome. Will the promise actually be realized, and will they work together? Don't know. Yeah. 
Mitch, that's mm -hmm. a really good point, right? Because if you just look back maybe a couple months, maybe eight, nine months ago, the edge router wasn't, you know, that heavily promoted within the matter of spec. Right now it's a fully open. You can add other technologies as you see it fit, right? Back a couple months, maybe a year ago, we were kind of thinking, hey, would it happen? Will it happen or will not? So, yeah, we're, we're like where it is right now. Yeah, it's fun to watch. Fun to watch. All right, let's hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Research is showing that 83 of employees prefer the hybrid work model. Now, the fun part is uh, Mr. Klein sent us another article about the great resignation wave coming for companies where up to 40% of, of workers, employees, are thinking about quitting their jobs in part because they don't want to go back to work at the office. Not they don't want to go back to work, but they don't want to go back to work at the office. Um, and, uh, you know, to pull from the Apple side of it as well, uh, last week, uh, Tim Cook announced a three-day work week that was mandatory across the board for Apple to uh, some notable press. And then, of course, a lovely internal employee memo that got mysteriously leaked uh, <laughs> with a boatload of employees saying that they are very unhappy with this. Uh, Jamie, this <laughs> this is an entertaining story to hit on uh, because it does play to us as, as people in general and just having to live with work, uh, but it also has a big tech aspect as well. What can we do as residential integrators to continue to assist and, and maybe even help some of our C-level clients with some, let, let, let's call it uh, unbiased direction with how to achieve a, a good work-life balance from, from at least a tech standpoint. From a tech standpoint, well, I'm, if, gosh, if I had a good balance, I'd, I'd be rich. Um, but I, I think what we can do is meet our clients where they are and ask them what they need, just like we have been, right? And the, the most interesting thing is that we have a shared experience. Uh, we all have, a, we, we all experienced 2020 differently, but it was a shared moment. And we, we can reflect on that, on what changed. And for a lot of our C-level clients, how do, how do you plan to go back to work? What are your intentions for your employees that you have to manage or run? And then meet them in the middle or meet them, you know, where they are providing a really good network for what has to come next. Um, I'm at home still. I, I go back and forth in between the office. It's more a factor of time uh, at this point and managing um, people more efficiently and having that work-life balance of being able to see my kid in the morning and, and know that he's not gaming the entire time that I'm working. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. I'm sure um, he's doing schoolwork. <laughs> no, you know, he's not. He's gaming his head off right now. He enjoys Minecraft, right. <laughs> like Mariusz there. Um, you know, but he's taking a three-week break and studying mm -hmm. chemistry at some point in the summer. So I'm, you know, what can I say? <laughs> Very good. Ian, is this, so I come at this in, in two ways. One, I think this is a great opportunity for integrators to continue to provide solutions. But from my own company experience, I've discovered that 
end users have a desire to do something, companies and, and corporate have a desire to standardize something, and they really can't match that up. Is this the perfect opportunity for residential integrators to play in that, and I'm going to say it, and I hate the fact that I'm going to say it, to play in that resimercial space? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it goes against everything I believe in. But to, to play in that space and help s some of our SMB clients create a process for how, because up till now we've done it ad hoc. We've just tried to help people work. But there now comes a time of they're either going to go back to the office or they're not going to go back to the office or they're going to go back to the office in part. And they probably need a proper setup so that they're not sitting yeah. at their kitchen table. And I think we are best served more than our, our friends over on the Avixa side of the table to go ahead and help create a plan. Yeah, no. And in fact, I, I love where we're I like of all the things, the, the horrible things that the pandemic, you know, that came out of the pandemic, there is some pretty cool stuff happening. And this is actually one of them. I'm really passionate about this topic. I spent ten a uh, decade in uh, residential and a decade in commercial, um, and uh, and the the opportunities that are in front of integrators right now are tremendous. Um, as far as the work from home and and providing a proper environment for someone, depending on the size of company they work in, they may need a lot more engagement with. You may do engage more with the company itself to make sure you're getting the proper. Uh, if it's you know video conferencing system, there are some small s setups that can be used in small offices. You want to make sure that they're getting ported into the the business network. There's a, there's talk of now companies doing separate networks just for the business use so that it's a secure environment. Um, but what what is also really exciting, uh, it's going to it's not going to happen immediately. But what I'm seeing is those companies that are going to a hybrid work environment that had small huddle spaces, small conference room and meeting spaces that had no technology are going to all have to be required to now have technology in them because there will be someone working remote um, almost with every single department. Someone's going to be remote. And so when you used to have just the ability to do a quick stand-up meeting with everyone in the office, those days are probably gone and that there will always be someone virtual. So there's a there is some really awesome potential uh, projects for whether you be all you're all commercial or you do residential and you want to get into commercial these are great opportunities um i i would work closely with your 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 homeowner customers to ask them about what their what their plans are how they plan on working going forward see if you can get introduced to um, the company to to assist in that and it's a way to get you involved and possibly to get some more work in the long road it's there, there, I can I can't stress it enough. The amount of opportunities that are going to be presented in the next one to two years for integrators, commercial and residential. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's huge. Mitch, you uh, you sent that wonderful article about employees just downright quitting. Um, how much of that is attributed to the lack of desire to go back to work in in an office setting? Uh, how much of it is attributed to the feeling that employees are not that their 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 needs aren't being met appropriately, that they're they feel they're very comfortable at home and they're working effectively at home, and somebody's saying get back to work, you bum. 
Yeah, you know, I have no opinions uh, on those subjects. That's why I um, asked you. <laughs> but uh, before I get to what, what I think about the whole thing, just the second article, which was off of Axios, and, yes. you know, all these different uh, articles are based on different research. So, you know, we'd have to look into the research and figure out who they spoke with, et cetera. But according to Axios, upwards of 40% of employees are going to leave their jobs. So this five of us on the call right now, which two are leaving? I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, but I, yeah, I know all the hands go up. But, okay, overall, my take on all of it, we can sift through all the arguments. But bottom line is I see two things. Love your job and love your life. And that's what this is all about. And employees have had the opportunity to experience that love of life and love of job. And if it doesn't hit, they're going to find something else to love. And I think it's, it's really, I think it's that simple. It's not about the technology. It's not about any of that stuff. Do you love what you do? And do you love your life? So, Marius, let's, let's wrap this up with you. Sure. When, when you see clients talk about this, and maybe you guys are dealing with it corporately at Alarm.com as well. If you have someone who loves their job and they love their life, how do you go about ensuring that your employees have everything they need, whether they're in the office or not? And, and I think, uh, as a sidebar, I think that's the big thing that's been overlooked in this, is there was a lot of employees that were working in a lot of jobs that didn't have the right tech at their desk at their office. They're just realizing it now because they're at home and they really don't have it. <laughs> but how do you go about making sure that your employees have the right tech that they need? So that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, I, I happened to switch jobs right when the pandemic hit last year in March. Right. I joined Alarm.com. And what I found with that company with Alarm.com is, you know, flexibility and their care for their employees. Right. So every month there is an email going out and asking what you guys need. What can we do to make things better? You know, you working remotely, you working off your coach. Uh, so, you know, flexibility is one of the biggest thing that is being promoted right now. Yes, we do have a set date on when you come back to work, but nobody's telling you you have to show up for three days and be there at your desk. It all depends on what kind of work you do. If you have customer success, if you in sales organization, do you have to go to the office every day? You would rather spend that time with customer, right? And going back to tech, super important, right? We went through three different platforms in terms of video conferencing, right? So making sure that the employees have the right stuff, that they have the setup, that they can communicate effectively, I think will go the wrong, long way in, in ensuring that they're happy and they stay. And that's what we see at yeah. Alarm.com. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap it there as a, uh, a, a side note, a footnote. Uh, registration for CD Expo is now open. Uh, that's going to happen September 1st through the 3rd. Uh, the, the full pre-conference starts on the 31st of August in lovely Indianapolis, Indiana. So go register. I'll be there as long as I can get across the border. Yeah, because Canada. All right. Thank you all again for joining us. Ian, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Cedia, where can they do that? Go to uh, cedia.net, um, and you can contact me at ibryant at cedia.org. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mrs. Briesmeister, if people want to connect with you, learn more about integration controls, where can they do that? Sure. All of our social handles are controlstl.com. 
also on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, I believe. And then uh, look me up. I'm on LinkedIn. Excellent. Just make sure you spell it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the fun one. I have to say the same thing. You'd be amazed. Marius, thank you, sir, for joining thank us. You. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Building36 or Alarm.com, where can they do that? You know, everywhere where social media is present, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever, right? We're, we're there. We're all over the place, and we service our customers. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Klein, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about the Z-Wave Alliance, where can they do that? Hey, it's always a pleasure, and I love being on this event with you and certainly with Jamie, Ian, and Mariusz. Uh, you can reach me at CEDIA because I'll be there. Hopefully, you'll be coming to CEDIA too. Indianapolis is a great place for an organization. So, yeah, Matt, I'm pulling for you to get there too. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Mitch at ZWaveAlliance.org, or you can find me on Twitter at Mitchell underscore Klein. I, I heard you buying dinner at in, in Indy, right? Sun Almonds, right? At least one, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.